Hello and welcome back to another great big on-time episode of Big Bad Books. I'm Isaac and on the ham horn is Declan and we're thrilled to be back, aren't we? Oh, delighted. Thrilled, thrilled to the core. I couldn't think of anything better to be doing yeah. in 30 degrees. You're enjoying the weather. No. No? Are you going to enjoy it more when it gets hotter? Because sometimes, you know, it's like the anticipation of the, the badness that's the worst part. And the no. actual day of it being 40 degrees, you'll be fine. No, that probably won't be the case for me either. We, the, there was a fun thing where it was sports day on Friday. Oh, that is fun. Do you get to participate and as a teacher? I did. I did. There was a teacher's relay. Yes. Did, How did you do? Good fun. Uh, well, it, it was a bit unfortunate because there was a miscommunication between members of my team uh-huh. as to which lane we were in. Oh, so, no. so my very fast team turned out to be in the lane next to me. Oh, that's a, that <laughs> I, is a shame. As I saw them careening around the corner and then I was like, oh. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, my leg, I did very well. That's, that's all up. That's as much. And as that's what relay is all about, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Individual <laughs> achievement. Um. Then at the end, there was a, a big celebration because um, the kids got told that the school will be uh, closing at like quarter to oh, one on the hot days on, on Monday and Tuesday, that's and huge. they can wear that's their huge. like tea tops to school. Um, not quite uh, as good as just not, which was, which was the first that we had uh, we'd heard of it. That's um, good as well. Uh, and then less than an hour later, um, we all got an email saying actually the school is closed on Monday and Tuesday, yes. but not for staff. No, <laughs> why? <laughs> What have you got to do? We have to go Teach in. Teach each other. We have to go in and set, you know, remote learning lessons. Uh, Can't you do that from home by the very nature of a it, remote learning lesson? It's funny that you've brought that up. Um, <laughs> do you want me to raise this? Yes, you, yes you, you you could do that. Um, but yeah, seemingly I guess it will got, be easier for you overlooked. to do the commute. Because sometimes it's like you have to be in the place of work for it to feel like work. I don't Otherwise, know if that's something you have. Well, the, the sort of the woking from home lot, like they're never really <laughs> like you. working working yes. all that much, are they? So. Thank you for saying that. Um, we've got to put out a big warning, haven't we, for all our, our British viewers. Monday is a no-books day because if you, like Ray Bradbury warned us, they'll burst into flame in your hands. At yeah, degrees. that's it. Far- 451 in Fahrenheit converts to, it's about 39 Celsius. So you want to be very careful. I wouldn't want any of our readers to get burnt hands no, or, or God. face. Some people oh, hold a book very well, close to the face. And it and it, the sun, it reflects straight off. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So gone. true. Now, Ready Player Two won't, it won't stop anytime soon, it turns out. And you'll remember we're, probably last we're, time... We're back below the 50% mark again. Yeah, <laughs> we're back at 8%. I don't know how it's happening. <laughs> the start of this chapter is at 54%, which is thrilling. I do feel good about that. But what's less thrilling is um, I sort of skimmed through the previous chapter, 0014, just to remind myself of what happened. And the reason I couldn't remember is because nothing uh, at all did happen. Yeah, no, uh, very... They were just walking through the the John Hughes... A kaleidoscope universe, of John Hughes stuff. Yeah, um, and there was that confusing thing about how they're all happening at the same time, but in like the same not place, in sync. But not, yeah, exactly. Yeah, very, very, very really stupid. cool. Very now cool. you'll remember probably my key part of the chapter. This is a key chapter warning: the needle drop, um, which was the moment oh, where, of course, if you can imagine this, I don't know if you've played a, a video game or something. As you walk through a door, say, then it might start playing a song like "Welcome yeah. Home to." Big Shermo, welcome home to my John Hughes boys, or some or something like that. Not necessarily that I'm saying it could be anything. It could be though. Quick warning: there's only one needle drop in chapter zero. Oh, so fuck. if you 
if you were a fan of those, I'd say go back and listen to the previous episode. He probably ran out of songs because there were well, so many last time. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. The one he's got in 0015, oh, it's a good one. It is, is it? a fucking good one. Is it? Um, is since... it? Don't you forget about me. I'll, I'll be it is. Really... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, wow. Did, no. you, did you read this Oops, chapter? Among you? Us could have foreseen. <laughs> now, in between reading <laughs> chapters 14 and 15, I saw The Breakfast Club for the first time. Um, oh yeah, think, yeah, it's all right. I didn't hate it. Yeah, it's quite a good I, movie. I think I think this book has made me sort of think that I hate John Hughes more than I do, and actually, I don't think I hate him at all. They're, they're sort of fine. Yeah, I it's, like the Breakfast Club because nothing really happens in it. And yeah, exactly. I sort of wonder apart what... from they apart from they try and like yassify the goth girl, and it's just much worse. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. that is a choice. Um, and also, Emilio Estevez is an old guy, isn't he? In that film, <laughs> <laughs> that's noteworthy. He's noteworthily fifty-five. Yeah, um, but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was enjoyable, and I saw it outside, which really added to the whole experience. Wow, um, I felt like I was in the Breakfast Club. Well, why? Because they're inside. That's why I was like, I'm I'm in You're it outside. when I'm watching the fiction. So, and okay. then I realized, oh wait, I'm outside. So how could I? And it's it's actually tea time. So how could I possibly? Be... Wow, <laughs> but that's the power of fiction, isn't it? it transports. <laughs> the, the, the differences were myriad, but <laughs> and yet still outweighed by, John by the Hughes similarities. Was able to, he was to reach beyond the grave. I don't know if he's dead. Um, he's he is very dead. Is he? Yeah. Did, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, let's get straight into it. And we've got, just to warn you, not a lot, but halfway through we'll be stopping for some interstitial content where it feels like it feels like the B plot of Ready Player Two is is Caledonia Gulag, whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. To me, these books are like becoming part of the same thing where it's like I'll be reading about John Hughes and I'm like, and then the woke mob stopped my dad from remembering God. Um, it's a shame. And let as me well. tell you, they have been. They all oh, they have them, but yeah, it's um something to look forward to, and and perhaps maybe we switch at some point if you want. We could no, maybe, no, maybe Caledonia becomes the main thing, and I'll just start doing interstitial Ready Player Two. I I don't think that would be good because I'd have to buy it. Oh, that would be a shame. Yeah, as Art Three Miss led us through the hallowed halls of Shermer High School, we began to see a lot of strange things. <laughs> Which is a big, a lot of strange wow. things has big that fake Stuart Lee Dan Brown thing where he's like the famous man who looked yeah. at the ancient cup or whatever it is, which I think about every so often. It, like, it is it's such like placeholder. I'll yeah. I'll come back to say what the yeah, strange yeah, yeah. things. I'm surprised were. you don't see the square brackets around it or the yeah. little like annotation fix later. Just inside the entrance, we passed a gaggle of jocks, which is a, a great <laughs> not the great collective man wearing Can identical. When it's people, can you just choose any? That I think you want? so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they were particularly duck-like, I saw a pride of jocks. Just... That would be better. Wearing identical blue and grey Letterman jackets, featuring the school mascot, a bulldog. I recognised Andrew Clark, brackets Emilio Estevez's character in The Breakfast Club, among them, along with Jake Ryan, brackets Michael Shuffling's character from Sixteen Candles, close brackets. They were both admiring a pep rally banner that read "Go Bulldogs, go." Um, Every time he mentions a character in this chapter, he puts in brackets the actor and the film that they're from. Oh, why does he do that? I guess it's, uh, well, I throw it back to you. <laughs> why does he do that? <laughs> Is it good? Because like, I've read it already. I was yeah, yeah. And I thought that maybe having done so, you'd have, you'd have some answers. No, I suppose it just became part right. of the landscape of what I came to enjoy about the chapter. It, it sort of feels like if you have to do that, that it's not, it's not very good, is it? what you're doing um well it's it could be said like maybe it's education because either like i would say that either 
you know who that is or you don't. And if you if you do know, then it doesn't matter. And if uh-huh. you don't know, saying the actor isn't going to help. I suppose, but it's also, it is fun to, because, you know, say he said Andrew Clark and you'd be like, oh, that's just probably some guy. But no, it's actually Emilio Estevez's character. The if, I, if I were to, uh, I know we don't like to do sort of parallels because, you know, each artist is their own. Yeah, oh, so yeah. true. Um, but in, in um, Ratner's Star, which is a, a, a book by Don DeLillo. Uh-huh. Um, it's quite similar. Text. like quite like yeah, yeah. very similar they're vibe. both they're also it's also set in the high school from 1600s <laughs> which i thought there's was also needle drops weirdly <laughs> but um no so like what happens is there's loads of scientists and mathematicians real um, ones no okay no no like just sort of fi- fictional ones yeah within the world uh but they're talking about lots of real mathematical and scientific like theories and oh, words yeah. and language Numbers. and jargon but it's kind of the whole point is sort of that it, it's supposed to be quite disorientating and mm. also that he sort of like manages to use it all quite lyrically to make it sort of an, an aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. And so quite he, similar. What he doesn't do is he doesn't say like, you know, the name of this theory or this force and then in brackets put the whole thing and then a link to the Wikipedia. Mm. Um, and you he wish just, he did. He just sort of like lets you enjoy the book. Yeah. It's I a, guess it's he's a, not, all I'm saying he's not is an innovator. different. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he hadn't read Ready Player Two yet, but now maybe, that he has. Yeah, maybe maybe he just because the internet wasn't about when he wrote it, he yeah. didn't know what they were either. So he yeah. was just like he was just name dropping. <clears throat> and that's I there. guess what Ernest is keen not to do. Like he doesn't want us to think that he doesn't know who these characters are. Because mm. he obviously yes. he knows them very well. Very well. Oh, God. Like I, I would never You ever wouldn't fault say, his Hughes knowledge. He didn't have to look them up. It's just nah. like it. It looks as though it, you know, it, it, he did. Yeah, and it's just a, a helpful kind of guidestone. He's sort of doing that thing where you can get like an annotated version of Ulysses. Like he's doing that for, but well, in the book because he was like, "Why do footnotes at the end when you can do them his, in in text?" <laughs> he he tried to read Infinite Jest. He said, "Enough of this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be looking up and down. Come on, left to right is enough. <laughs> One axis only, please." <laughs> Um, so yeah, they're in Shermer High School. It's prom night every night, which sounds really awful. And they're looking for someone, I think Molly Ringwald, but I think I might think that because it turns out she's in like every John Hughes film, yeah. which I, I didn't really know. Uh, I don't think I'd ever seen what she looked like before in my life before I saw the film the other day. Um, so there she is, Molly Ringwald's walking around, but oh no, it's the wrong Ringwald, which is quite hard to say. Artemis no, the wrong Ringwald. Head. That's Claire Standish, the Molly from The Breakfast Club. We're looking for the Molly from Pretty in Pink. Oh. And at this time of the morning, she should be right, dot, 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 over, dot, 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 there how do you know because isn't it a different time in all of the movies yeah but don't worry um well actually it's a good question because later on she does explain that the npcs have a kind of random aspect to their motion so she just knew that one though oh okay well that maybe it's random except for for that one when you need it to be yeah Yeah. yeah, yeah. okay well that's good so molly ringwald's there again um as she's going to be a lot in this chapter, like a fucking ghost of Christmas now. <laughs> this incarnation wore a pair of wire-rimmed spectacles, her bright red hair peeking out from beneath a black hat with a flower print scarf wrapped around it. She was dressed in... So she's from the film uh, Pretty in Pink. Yes. That's okay. key information. Um, she was dressed in a pink sweater over a pink blouse and, and she did in fact uh, look quite pretty in uh, both of them. 
Wait he notes about a kid. He doesn't actually say that though. He, I'm afraid, does. No, no, um, he, no, no. That was a bit that you added in jest. I, no, no, not so much with with the jest. I tried to avoid making any jokes about Ready Player Two because it would denigrate the art. So what he says is he um, he <coughs> says that she's from Pretty in Pink, and she's then in he pink describes and the pink pretty. she's in. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a, wow. a real sort of like call and response structure, like it's wrapped up in yeah. a yeah. What do you what do you think was the do you think it was a, a sort of a Catholic notion he was going for there, or I think it's a lot like when John Dunn because the liking about the three and Ron thing. and one in three, right, um, right, and that could have been an age thing. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose instead of instead of like one, you could have had pretty, and instead of three, you could have had pink. Yeah, and then it's so it's it's a reference. It's pretty it's in pink, but also pink in pretty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I hate this place, H said, shaking her head as she took in our surroundings. It's like being stuck in the Matrix with the Brat Pack. And then I just, I only highlighted this part because... Um, that's terrible. It's that's, one of our I'm phrases sorry. that we love to say. That's t- I hate that. That's terrible. That's, really that's why I love it, Art 3 Miss replied. Don't yuck my yum, H. Don't do it now. What? No. <laughs> I love that saying so much. I. Oh. That's one of the kind of shibboleths for for a Wendigo <laughs> type person. Like if, if uh, he's not actually called Wendigo, is he? he's called Chuck Wendig, but in my head, he's just called Wendigo. But whenever he someone is like a says sort of horrid like, creature, yeah, yeah. Anyone who says things like don't yuck my yum is Chuck Wendig. Like they're cut from the same cloth, the Wendig yeah. cloth. Oh yeah, 100%. Speaking of, it's the the old internet archive trial going on at the moment, isn't oh, it? Oh yes, yeah. I thought I saw that. I remembered I'm blocked mostly, by Chuck Wendig. That's supposedly his fault. Oh, it is entirely yeah. his fault. Yeah. Why am I blocked by Chuck Wendig? Do you know? Well, no. Well, I we both were. That's wild. I'm not blocked by anyone usually because I don't really do any controversial well, tweets. Well, the only explanation is that he's heard <laughs> some of that <laughs> Someone stuff. sent him a witch, yeah. witch chat. They don't like me talking about fucking witches every page. <laughs> okay, well, this will show them. Don't yuck my yum. <laughs> blocked. Wow. <laughs> I'm having a scuba dabba dee doo morning. <laughs> I'm going to flim flirm these fuckers off fucking. of my Twitter feed. <laughs> God, it gives me such chills. What it gives a me such fucking chills. creep. Yeah, he's a big cringe Um, No. Oh, so wait, they're like, hold on. Andy Walsh didn't attend this school in Pretty in Pink, did she? I think the only function of this I can oh. think of, because it's certainly not interesting to read, is that it must be very important for him to remind us that this is an amalgamated space. Can I ask if there's any reason why <laughs> this couldn't have been in the last chapter? <laughs> well, it was. That's the thing. And, and one thing that, like, one thing that's peculiar about our reader experience is that there are sometimes as many as months between reading a chapter, and even to us it feels repetitious. <laughs> if you read this book in one go, it would have the effect of like. It's like gaslighting you into thinking that you've got Alzheimer's. Running as fast as you can to stay exactly where you are. <laughs> yeah, it's like every page reminds you of five things that are on the previous page. Yeah. Um, which is just borderline acceptable when we're trying to recap for the purposes of a podcast what happened in the previous chapter. It, it's um, it's like it's it's breaking bad storytelling, right? Which is something big can only happen at the very end yeah. of a chapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can't have anything happening in between. And sometimes not even so, then. In, so if in you want, yeah. So if you want something big to happen, then you've got to end the chapter and start yeah. a new one, even if there's literally no difference in the time, yeah. space, and even tone. if in the next chapter, all that there is to talk about is the thing that just happened. Yeah, and wasn't it interesting? Li- you're the thing literally that just moving on. No. Um. Anyway, no. She attended another fictional school, Meadowbrook oh, High, God. but the. Then she reminds us the characters and filming locations were amalgamated into Sherma. It's just got the it's got the kind of vibe of like something someone would say to you at like the DVLA. 
it's, it's got, got like such boring administrative bureaucratic like oh they were amalgamated into Shamur along with the rest of Hughes's filmography to me it's got mentioned to me it's got the vibe of something that as he's writing it he realizes just how unworkable this is that it just like doesn't work but is is sort of like sunk cost too far yeah, he's in. got to make it I says like oh well that it they might might not be there but I suppose they could be here it, it you know it's all <clears throat> yeah. very complicated there Don't is worry a lot about it there is an awkward sort of corner that he paints himself into as a as an entity where like he because of the nature of the stuff he's writing about all of his diehard fans as we've said before are going to be sort of versions of him that equally obsess about the minutia of pop culture to the point that yeah if the wrong molly ringwald appeared even if it only indicated by like well she was wearing wire spectacles in pretty and pink but there were a <laughs> thicker lens in like even if it was something as stupid as that like people would kick off and he'd get emails and his sort of nerd cred would diminish so he yeah he has this problem that you see in like how uh kind of like how internet communities and political parties form where it's like right you know what there are too many rules in that one so we're going to have one with no rules and it's going to be for the cool guys only and then they're quickly after about two minutes of exposure to reality they're like okay well we, we've got this we, one we, rule. we have to have some and then these five kind of sub <laughs> be lawless yeah so he ends up having to kind of rules lawyer his way through every chapter being like so i know of course that any true fan like i would be aware that this molly ringwald could not exist with it, in spite of the title she was really more sort of mid in magenta <laughs> mid in magenta very good it's like like a murder mystery as well <laughs> I like that. um but yeah it it makes for very just to underline this point dull and boring prose oh, to have to be yeah. at every point it's like defensive driving as a writing style it's like he's got to frame every sentence so that it's impervious yeah. to nerd attack and it's just you could just not do that and i think uh, it would probably be better it's like one one by one having all your pieces on the board taken until like you've done nothing and you've still lost <laughs> yeah exactly he, all of the concessions he has to make to actually telling a story to be like but the amalgamation of the two high schools meant that uh, at precisely 12 o'clock you could see one of seven different characters played by the same actor who was born in it's just at, dark. At, at least he it, although you're right like that is a a corner that he's painted himself into he is the one person who can afford to paint himself into such a corner because his fandom will accept any kind of deus ex yeah, that he sure. needs to use in order to yeah. get himself out of it. And and you probably, if you're writing in this manner, you probably can't do anything but rely on that kind yeah. of like plot twist to, to make things happen. It's kind of like why the puzzles are so unsatisfying because they have no answer, no answer, no answer, all the answer all at once. Yeah. Because he's got no time to sort of set up any solving or show anyone engaging with them because he's too busy like covering his ass in case someone points out yeah. some like well, continuity error. And I can't remember why I was thinking about this, but I was thinking again the other day is that I think part of the reason for this is that there is, as far as I'm aware, like actually never any puzzling element. None. It is just about if you know the particular <laughs> pieces of media, but yeah. like, because the but fans are the same kind of like, absolute super freaks as he is if you drop any of the hints as to what they might be they can just probably look it up mm. like what the answer is so Quite it inevitably possibly. has to come out of nowhere because if he's like oh you know it was you know something about like 
there was a, a clue on the map that was like a clock. And they're like, oh, a clock. Oh, well, there was a drawing of a clock on the on the like $100 bill that Nicholas Cage used in, Nicholas Tre- in, in, in National Treasure. Uh-huh. Nicholas Treasure. Nicholas Treasure is a lovely idea. <laughs> <In> <laughs> National Treasure. Really and so like, oh, well, let's find out what the time was there. Oh, well, let's go to that time in the in the movie. Oh, well, the answer's this. Yeah. And they are the sort of freaks who would do that just to say like they got there before him. Even they know what yeah. To prove it. Which leads to, the puzzles are quite a good microcosm for that, that problem, I agree. Because like they are deeply unsatisfying you're not presented unless like you say unless you are super fan to the point that you're basically just the same person as Ernest Klein and Chuck Wendig and Mm. Lin-Manuel Miranda (laughs) unless you are this guy then there is no there's nothing to go on you know like the point of a good mystery in fiction is that you're presented with a fair chance of solving it but as we will see because this one's about to be semi-solved in this chapter (sighs) the solution is just so outlandish (laughs) that it really just becomes (laughs) did you guess what i was thinking and he's clearly aware of that because about five times in the chapter i didn't highlight them all someone will be like because artemis is driving the narrative she knows what to do and someone's like artemis what are we doing and she's like there's no time to explain well there's 20 pages to talk about which ferris bueller there was (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i think every single level of sega ninja ninja sega yeah i think we probably could have one paragraph explanation but the puzzle doesn't work because it isn't a puzzle it's just i'm thinking of this thing and i'm going to obscure it sufficiently that only at the right moment shall i solve it via artemis that's good um, and it makes for a very unsatisfying good. plot. That's probably just a new form of puzzle. That maybe, yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, in which case, who am I to stand in the way of progress? Why exactly? Um, puzzling or otherwise. So on the next page, I this very rarely happens. There are two pages in a row with no highlights because it's just, it's just a scene from Ferris Bueller happening. Except <laughs> <laughs> like there's someone running around being like, "Save Ferris!" because he pretends that he needs a new kidney, and that just happens. And I guess. I guess the point is just remember what that was like when you watched Ferris Bueller. And I did remember it and it wasn't a particularly interesting part of the film. Uh, um, yeah. I, it's just as well, like if you're going to do something like this, I think that they're, they're probably, if you're going to insist on, you know, having the, this planet of, what is it? Shermer. Yeah. Shermer, right? Bill. right. If you're going to insist on that, like there probably is a bunch of cool stuff that you could do that I would probably start doing sooner like making the Ferris Bueller's fuck each other or something. I don't know. Or just like, list, maybe like just listing all the characters that were there and like which part of the school they were in. Oh no, I was thinking, I was thinking about not doing that. I was oh, about trying to do something slightly different. I suppose the problem is then just like different people have different ideas of fun. Cause as right, we know right. for Klein, nothing is more fun than a yeah, list. Actually, actually you can edit that out. That was a foolish yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> no, I mean, it's fine. I mean, you'd have done it differently, but yeah. then, we all I, would. I haven't made millions of uh, of millions of dollars. No, exactly. Um, so, maybe if we just started writing lists of things that happened once, <laughs> <you'd get laughs> I guess that's what historians do. Get notes up going. Um, blah blah blah. They're trying to follow Andy. I can't remember. Is it Andy McDowell? Maybe. No one cares. It turns out not to be very relevant. The school bell rings, and they're walking through the corridors. You know that classic moment. He's trying to catch them. Oh. Like, they'd probably be like, "Dum, boom, boom." Boom, boom, like under it as everyone's walking to their classes and Wade sort of sh- shoulder gets shoulder barged by someone. And it's a young Juliette Lewis with her hair done up in a frizzy blonde eighties perm. Oh, <laughs> I love frizzy blonde eighties perm. perm. I knew her best from her starring roles in strange days and from dusk till dawn. So it took me a moment to remember that she'd portrayed Audrey Griswold in Christmas vacation. Art three miss was right. 
for someone who had trained themselves to identify pop culture icons from the 70s and 80s, this world was one huge distraction, which is pretty cool. Also, if you're a perv. <laughs> if you're a perv that likes hanging out in <laughs> fictional high schools. Um, so they're just following Artemis around forever. They walk past another scene from Varys Bueller where he's just like saying all their names. You know, he's like Adams, Adams, and then someone's like here. It's, it's, it's for some reason a joke that doesn't work as well on the page. <laughs> yeah, it to be the there. Yeah, yeah, you really did. Um, then he walks past the school computer room. Now, you know, Wade is a bit of a, a computer boy. He's a digital, a digital Doris, we like to call him. And he peers in. He can't help himself. He's probably erect as well as yeah. he does. Um, who does he see there? This will surprise you. He spots the greatest fictional hacker of the 80s, Bryce Lynch. Oh. But you're probably thinking, hang about, what's Bryce Lynch doing in the John Hughes-averse? Because I take it from context alone that he's not a character from... Um. Um, um, from that. God, just say his name again. Bryce Lynch. Bryce Lynch. I believe he's from no. Max Headroom, which you may remember is the name of the robot. Well, it's an American Wait, television is. series. He's in a series, is he? Yeah, that was, I think that was a, yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, but anyway, don't worry. Don't <sighs> fucking panic. You're o- you're only joking, aren't you? Because I typed his name in and, and what's this? Bryce Lynch is a false identity used by none other than Wait, Wade Yes, 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 yes. You're right. That's what I was about Goodness. to get to. So he, he has this moment. He's like, hang on, is there something out of place? Then he's like, oh no, it's not out of place. It's Buck Ripley, a character in The Great Outdoors, portrayed by Chris Young, who's the same actor who played Bryce Lynch. Oh. And anyway, he says, laboriously getting to the point, even so, I silently saluted him, recalling the dark time during Halliday's contest where I'd used the name Bryce Lynch as my fake identity Amazing. to avoid detection by IOI and the Sixers. <clears throat> led by Nolan Sorrento. Is there any kind of fun sort of like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead sort of thing where like Ferris Bueller is, is like, he's not in this scene. And so he's just like having a fag out the back of the, out of the school to sort of like wait um, for his next line. Sorry. I should have stopped you at the word fun because there's, oh. <laughs> there's none of that. Um, sorry, is there, is there a sort of boring version oh, of yeah. that oh, going God, on yeah. or okay, okay well he spots keith nelson brackets eric stoltz's character from some kind of wonderful so i don't know call wow. that what you like then they notice oh hang on the banner says go mules go i thought it was bulldogs a minute ago and so we get another explanation of how no 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 this one part of the school is the bulldogs it's the Sherma bulldogs and then this team the football wrestling team is is the mules so Sherman it's like mules. it's kind of yeah literally what a mad name but it's almost as if the schools have been amalgamated into one school i don't know if that oh, reads to you Are it you feels like that it feels like it probably doesn't work um well i i let me ask you this why would he go on about it so much if it didn't work yeah i guess it's, it's one of those things it where it's like if well. he's, he's sort of like trying too hard it's such yeah. a complicated idea, though, that I do appreciate him re-explaining it every <laughs> every time because I keep losing track. When he says, like, there's a character, I'm like, oh, we must be in this film and this film alone, I think to myself. It's like, wow, they're in The Breakfast Club. But hang on, a minute ago they were in this one. But then yeah. I remember, because it's re-explained every three pages right. of the yeah, yeah, yeah. that it's one. Um, it's Sherma, the planet, the which planet. is really clever and good. Yeah. They see... and. Uh, Brian Johnson brackets Anthony Michael Hall's character in The Breakfast Club making Thank an God. elephant tusk or some shit. He's making a lamp that doesn't work. Um, and then finally, they see Andy Walsh, I don't know who that is, standing next to John, a young John Cryer, extremely young. There he is, she said. 
Well, Philip hang on. F. Dale. Well, hang on. How young? Well, extremely. <laughs> this <laughs> like is ba- a baby pilled. <laughs> <clears throat> there he is, she said. Philip F. Dale, better known as Ducky, a.k.a. the Duck Man. <laughs> Can't even... <laughs> I mean, that that just is from, that oh, is probably what it is in the film, yeah, right? but it's just yeah. silly. One of the most divisive and controversial characters ever to spring forth from John Hughes's imagination. Oh, that He's dude? a neo-Nazi. Yeah, well, it it's not, I mean, I guess you have to have seen it to know in what way he's problematic, but there is some explanation. Basically, what she's worked out and is only sort of now half revealing is that some of the quests on this planet don't have any developer credits as like who wrote the quest. And she's starting to think that Kira Morrow uh, must have written yeah. some of them, some of these pretty and pink quests. I never took that seriously, the rumor, but now I'm thinking the rumors may have been true. So Wade is sorry, sitting can I there. Just, this is yeah, go on. Were you wondering quest? what character they're, they're talking about or what film they're in? What, 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 what do you mean? Just when you go to any planet, you can do a couple of quests. It's like, it's like oh, our right. lives. You get a quest like go shop. Oh yeah. Go work. <laughs> read book and someone's writing all of those <laughs> it's crazy but true yeah it's like stranger than fiction say. every time i pop down to co-op for a Solero, i'm earning i'm earning digicoin <laughs> um but wade is sitting there and he's probably feeling a sense that uh, there's not really a word for it, so allow me to invent one puzzle cucked he's feeling puzzle cucked oh, at this point because he's scratching his little head and he's like what the, what's going on it was something about recast because the- apparently is this not the second time he's been out puzzled by a female yes, in these is. books? A femoids. Oh, it's, can you believe he's, it? <laughs> he's getting absolutely done. I tell you absolutely what, those femoids done. are getting too big for their boobs. Well, that's that's very much the He didn't even the pay this one a billion dollars. <laughs> well, yeah. He'll pay her a billion dollars to pretend he came up with the plan. <laughs> um, so Wade's hanging out. He's just I picture him sort of holding back a little bit from the group, just be like Come on, wait. Come on, pal. I recited the clue printed on the second shard again in my head, trying to figure out why Art 3 Miss had brought us here. Then I groaned and rolled my (laughs) eyes. You gotta be kidding me, I said. The first line of the clue is a goddamn pun. Recast the foul, meaning a foul, like a waterfowl. Correct, Art 3 Miss said, smiling at me. More specifically, a duck. She nodded toward Ducky, then drew her curved elven sword from the scabbard on her back, which is a real left turn. Is she just going to kill him? She fucking chops his head off. What? what she does. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's turned into like full sort he, of fanfic. Amazing if he'd like, he's instantly removed from every copy of the movie in existence. <clears throat> Gone. But what do you feel about the reveal? That's what I want to ask. Because this is, you. we've had that dangling in front of us, recast the foul. I guess one. Well, what? Okay, let well, me just check. Can I? Yeah. Can you just check? How is it spelt? <laughs> it is F O U L. Oh, I see. Because you see, like I, I, I was thinking that you know, um, in say you know a cryptic crossword, yeah. one thing that they love to do is use the word flower oh, when actually flower. they mean flower. Yeah. But that that the puzzle of well, them is similar. that they're spelt the same. Yeah. Whereas here, what's happened is there was just a lie. If, well, it if, was a goddamn fact, pun. There was, there was an error, is what there was. <laughs> there was a typo in the, in the middle. Yeah, because it's not like they heard it. Like, no. this could all have been fixed if the second shard did, like, the mermaid's egg in Harry Potter and was like, yeah. we cast the foul. And also they were under the sea. Yeah. Um, 
but no, it was a piece of writing that said F O U L. Yeah, well, that's so it didn't. Mean it doesn't mean waterfowl, no. does it? It means no, it foul, like for example, football. Yeah. It'd be very funny if uh, she's wrong. She's killed this <laughs> dingy guy for no reason. That would be good. Anyway, she chops his fucking head off. Yeah. Um, but oh no, I got a little bit ahead of myself. We need to feel why she's going to chop his head off, and you'll know from reading no porn or terms. Do we need to, to know that? Wade's a feminist. And right. I mean, Ernest's a feminist as well. I did get them mixed up, but I guess it's yeah. true in both cases. And yeah, this is just a little, I don't want it to get too political, but but Ducky's problematic, basically. Whoa. Poor Ducky, Shoto whispered, because basically whoever Ducky is, Andy's not interested. She's like fobbing him off. And Shoto's like, poor Ducky. And Artemis is like, poor Ducky. Don't you mean poor Andy? She takes pity on the guy because she knows he's struggling with his own sexual identity and that he doesn't have any other friends. And how does Ducky repay her sympathy and kindness? By ignoring her boundaries, hounding her 24-7 and humiliating her in public every chance he gets. And check out how he treats other women when Andy isn't around. And she sort of turns like she's prepared this moment. And Ducky is harassing two preppy looking girls. Ladies, ladies, we heard him say, listen, I may be able to work out a deal where either one or the both of you could be pregnant by the holidays. What do you? And then she chops his head off before he can finish the sentence. So at this point, and I started involuntarily clicking. I yeah, know. well, obviously. And I, I'm assuming that everyone applauds. Well, if they don't, if he doesn't describe it, it's only because there was too much plot to get through. There's too, but well, we can assume. Too much applause to, to describe. To capture in text. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Um, yeah. Now... We, like I say, I alluded to nerd porn auteur. I hope everyone who is listening to the podcast is familiar. If not, go and look it up. Or you can listen. Do we? Is it on our Patreon, our episode where we did? I think it is, yeah. You read it out. Um, how would you characterize kind of Klein's feminism? It's, it's. sorry, just to answer my own question. Like it's top tier. It's S tier. Um, he, he set the bar yeah, well, uh, for how men should think about and well, what i'll do is I, I don't want to be the one to provide a, a sort of judgment so okay. i'll just we'll take okay. your judgment your your opinion there and i'll just describe the sort of things that he says yeah which are that um if you uh are a woman who enjoys uh or partakes in sex that you are a slut mm-hmm. and you're um you're sort of scum <clears throat> basically it was basically you're unless you're him. velma from you, scooby-doo yeah you're a whore <laughs> Yeah, it's the and, Velma slash whore. But like. if you are Velma, then you need to be a whore because he For wants Klein. you because he wants you to be his whore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's complex. Uh, uh, not for money, I should say. Oh no, that would ruin it. No, because that that there, you know, there's a it whole shouldn't be other transactional of hell for them, according to Klein. Yeah, you should um, want to fuck nerds, is what. Yeah, and uh, and he wants you to like he he gets he gets an erection by when you say like something like star, star trek War. Yeah. <laughs> um and or if you're like oh let's do um maths homework yeah which again like Hotly. i'm not 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 making any accusations but that is sort of really the only the sort of thing that for instance a child says when they mm. come home from school where they've been given the homework um it's yeah it's a, it's a strange sort of poem that that takes a, a classic position amongst nice guy incels. Yeah, it's an incel which is, anthem. Which is that, like, I'm a good guy. I'm a mm-hmm. good feminist because I hate women. Yeah, um, but, but in I, an I, interesting I, way. But I will put I'll put all that behind me to yeah. have sex with you if you want. Yeah, or and, and you also don't. you must. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that's why I guess like this moment rings so 
it's it's pure Klein, right? Because we know that he's got this these feminist credentials. Like that poem goes back years. That's like decades old now. Mm. And if you cut Klein down the middle, it would spell ally <laughs> in this <laughs> way, wouldn't it? Um, and yeah, it's just great to see like Artemis, I suppose, some kind of smashing through the glass ceiling of Ducky's throat and neck and spine. Um, and it was a real moment for me. It reminded me a lot of like when Lin-Manuel Miranda rewrote the lyrics uh, to one of his own songs for the Hillary Clinton campaign. It was like, it, wow. it's a girl boss moment. It's a girl boss moment. That is it, isn't it? And those can only be written by men. Now, the duck man is, is decapitated. And I thought, okay, maybe it's like, you know, it, well, it is a video game. So maybe it's just, you know, he just vanishes or it's some, no, is, no, no. Is this a video game? Is, well, this, every, is, the whole is, isn't this, a video isn't this game. basically a website? It's a sort of, yeah, but what's the difference? A website isn't this you can like, play. Okay, but isn't is this not like going to wikipedia.com and then just stamping on that globe of puzzle pieces? <laughs> well, no, there's qu- there's quests and there aren't very many of those on Wikipedia, certainly not ones that you have to make them yourself is what I'm saying. Right. But I thought, you know, it's a digital space is, is yeah. I guess what I mean. And so it would be fine if when you decapitate a fake person in a digital space, they aren't just fully bodily decapitated yeah. bleeding out on the floor. Um, but no, duck, the duck man is that. And everyone screams as, as you would, if you <laughs> yeah. just watched one of your colleagues have his head lopped off by, um, a, a person who has no wow. sort of so appearance. In these, the these NPCs, they're not professional actors. Like, cause a professional actor, you, you, you stay in, in character, in right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you, you keep on performing. Yeah. Like you'd find where his head had rolled to and keep delivering your lines to. Yeah. Jesus Christ, Artie, H shouted. You could have warned us first, which is true. She could have warned or indeed told you what any of the plan was at any point. I would be just, you know, it's there's a real trigger warning about decapitating someone in front of yeah. you. Yeah. Like, I feel like she should have just been like, okay, part. I'm not going to tell you what the puzzle is just for f- reasons of my own personal sick pleasure, but I will just warn you, when when you see me reach for the fucking elven sword <laughs> that I don't think I mentioned I had until now, yeah. just maybe cover your eyes if well, if you're squeamish. As well, it's like you know, if you're working as a team, you're you're sort of all partly kind of responsible for each mm. other's actions. And if you're going to take, you know, normally that's okay. If it's just like, oh, let's go over here, and you're like, okay, well, we can all go over there. But if someone's going to go, oh, so just quick sec don't worry, and then kill someone. Decapitate the duck man. Feels like you've been made party to a crime that you probably... I, yeah. like, I personally would have had something to say about it. They're just digital ghosts, though, aren't they? They're not even real. Well, he's lying bleeding. I don't remember ghosts oh, bleeding Oh, who, who gives a fuck? It's interesting oh, that for a book oh, about like future yes. tech robot stuff, and for a book that explicitly now has a seemingly sentient AI, there is no interest in, you know, are these, like, are these people sort of ai stuck in a loop like a hellish kind of repetitious i have to go to my locker and then go to class and then go to my locker and go to class being in sherma forever like maybe the duck man is a a person like maybe his personhood has just been ended by being decapitated by arty but ernest's not interested in well, that, anything that, like that. that sounds like a moral question and not a uh not it's a, less not boring a- jargon question yeah, yeah yeah i suppose so. there's no answer to that in the john hughes verse yeah I, I can't i mean i i haven't studied his movies extensively but mm. i don't remember many kind of like decapitations via elven swords no and so if the answer isn't in the source material who it's is not Ernest one we should bother to, with. To, yeah, to, yeah. to say what the rules are here on Sherman? 
Um, so H is like, you could have warned us. And Shoto is like, yeah. Shoto had a chuckling to himself. Next time, give us a heads up. Oh, and the heads is in italics oh, oh. because it's not, he's not just saying warn us. He's actually referring to the head. To the head that is on. Now, there was only one head that got chopped off because uh, ducks don't have multiple heads. And maybe it's a, a um, maybe it's a possessive, like his head's. Or like its head is, but up. the head actually went down if you cut it. Uh, off it probably, it probably goes Isaac's like gravity. Ching, because like if you, oh, think if she it, came from underneath, possibly. Well, also because for the sword to yeah. fit in between the neck. And, oh, and it the will head, have to have been lifted. You're right. to have, have raised. You're quite right. That's egg on my face. Head. Yeah. Well, there you That's go. probably what we've done there. Is egged out an exact um, email exchange that Ernest Powers <laughs> had with twelve <laughs> to fifteen hundred of his fans over the last couple of years. Um, now, eventually. After the time it's taken to get to this part, Ducky's head and body fade away. I like head and body as separate. I know they are literally yeah. <laughs> severed, but it's just funny. It's got big like bird and animal vibes. It's, well, I get, yeah. It, again, it's it's to solve the same issue of if he said his body disappeared. Yeah, something like, oh my like, God, where is his head? What about the head? Is that, you know, that's going to come back in Ready Player 3. <laughs> <laughs> Ducky's head. With the Dutch head. Um, and <laughs> one very funny thing. There are moments in this book where like, I just get the impression that Ernest doesn't actually care or like about games. Because, <laughs> like, this is just such an incongruous, weird... It's like something that someone had heard of. You know how, like, all old people call every game Mario for yeah. a while? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Are you Are you playing that Mario again? And you're playing, like, Portal. Like, well, no, I'm playing chess. Um, but this same vibe here, because <laughs> in this real simulation of a school a high school where you can now decapitate someone and it has like a real bodily effect. Yeah. His body fades away, leaving behind the loot he'd been carrying, which is just so, <laughs> it's just so strange. Like it doesn't fit the idiom and he's carrying a few gold coins, which again, like why <laughs> he's carrying his gold coins, uh, his thrift store clothing and wingtip shoes with buckles instead of late. Like I, did, I don't think I needed to know that. And that's going to be important later, but it's very weird. That's that- so mad. Yeah, it's weirdly like someone that doesn't know anything about video games writing about a video game. Um, Artemis scoops up the shoes and the tie, but doesn't bother with the clothes or the coins. So I don't know why we bothered even mentioning they were there. Annoying dipshit, she said as she wiped Ducky's blood off her blade and slid it back into its scabbard. I never liked him or the generations of spineless tool bags who rooted for Andy to end up with him. They now go into this, I'm sure, thrilling discussion, if you're a fan of this movie, um, about which team it's a big like team edward team what's his name jason or something mm-hmm. um jacob. discussion of like jacob thank you of like <sighs> oh but well, who are you rooting for and anyway it turns out that artemis has found a third way to root for no one she's oh like, wow <clears throat> i thought none of them were a good match for Andy. artemis follows the third way yeah um and kira morrow held the same opinion Okay, shoto said slowly but i still don't understand why you decapitated ducky <laughs> To recast the foul, she said, now spelling it again, F-O-U-L, just to add to the confusion. Oh, good. And restore his ending, which, just to be clear, does not answer that question, because no, no none of those verbs had anything to do with detaching one's head from one's body. Very few. Not How even like, to... even if you, if you take a, the most generously interpretive, yeah. like, liberal reading. How are we supposed to restore the ending where Andy winds up with Ducky when you just killed Ducky, I asked? I'll show you," she said. "But we need to make one more stop first, and then she just runs off. I'd have done. Is... I'd have done the stop first. Yeah, could have done. I'd have. It's I'd have got... been prepared once because post decapitation, 
anything could happen. Yeah. So yeah, I'd probably what's get, next. Yeah, I'd probably sort of get the rest of it figured out first. Yeah. And then go for the the like the neck. Just to check she's not doing like a school shooting. Yeah. Like a, we need to talk about Kevin thing. Or what if um, like, you know, he was he was a sort of not lesser duck and more a hydra. And there'd be five more duck heads. Exactly. Fuck. That'd be awful. That'd be awfully interesting and therefore won't happen. <laughs> um I just like the image as well of her like sprinting to all of these in impossible to understand or piece together stops it's got big like fort boyard crystal maze energy where they're she's like sprinting but just down one corridor to like a stop very nearby to do another decapitation it's it's very good um i think at this point it would be a great moment for us to zoom out from Sherma and zoom in to gulag caledonia where i understand it's all kicking off it is we're we are entering the the hallowed halls of Chapter one. Oh, finally. Yeah, right? we're finally there. Now, interesting stuff about chapter one. It's uh, strongly reminis- uh, reminiscent of both of the uh, of the prefaces. Okay. Well, I guess you wouldn't want a big tonal shift. Because you know how in uh, the sort of the preface was, um, it was sort of like, oh, this is what will happen mm. in, in the year 2050. Yeah. Um, and then the the sort of second preface that was also him just sort of saying like, well, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, and why. just to just to reinforce and then it. Chapter one is also it's we're now in the fiction, but because the um, the characters the very similar to um, Ready Player One, the protagonist is next to indistinguishable from the author. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. Um, we're just sort of doing all of that again. Where it's like, oh, by the way, that thing I said would happen. Yeah. it's happened. So right. we are we are in the future though now. We are there. Chapter one, Thank Glasgow, you. Scotland, 2050. Great chapter title. Tell me if you see any um, any kind of like imagery, um, thematic stuff that comes out to you in the okay, first I'll have a, sentence I'll have a or a couple of sentences here. So uh, looking out of his window, far out to the spire of an old church reaching towards the heavens and the divine. Last <laughs> churches. David Campbell took a long drag on his insipid nicotine vaporizer. Mm, insipid is yeah. an interesting word and then now here's another theme that's going to be coming back he peered into the gray damp and murky early morning yeah. um everything in this chapter has to have a couple of adjectives you've got to have three and, um, that's what the rule of three is yeah and at almost every time at least one of them is gray wow really um, painting a, a gray picture yeah so he had um he'd he, he unfortunately he hadn't had a lot of sleep Dr. Can Dave. I just, sorry, just yeah, interrupt. Yeah, please. Is he, please. so is he in Gulag Caledonia now? Oh, right, right as we speak. But forgive You're, me, I, I was under the impression that the citizens of Gulag Caledonia had forgotten God, and yet they're just one window away. Well, lies a church that was divinely reaching, stretching up to the heavens. Well, we don't know, because that could be a McDonald's now. Oh, fuck, okay. And it's yeah, only, I didn't even and it's that. only uh, David Campbell who remembers, who remembers God. Um, <laughs> that was and, amazing. It's like it's like that movie about the Beatles, about <laughs> <laughs> doing Christianity. Yeah, exactly. Yesterday, um, so uh, yeah, he hadn't had a good night's sleep because he'd had a uh, what he called a terrifying cannabis-induced panic attack. Oh no! Um, Sorry to hear that, David. And just listen to the horrors of of Gulag Caledonia. Just listen to this. I, I don't know how anyone could go through this. He he had been woken by his alarm at seven thirty a.m. to get to get ready for his. Back to work mental health assessment 
No. At the Department of Work and Wellbeing. Is that optional or? No. Fuck. You have to. The, oh the state God, that's has the to see how you're doing. I know. And imagine this, like the best outcome, like, and this is just like, if everything goes well, is that he could keep his monthly universal basic income allowance. Oh, wow. And I you wouldn't to have one of those. Want that. No. <laughs> you, you wouldn't oh, want that. Money. Um, it says, if not, things could get very, very tricky. Um, then he goes on for a little bit about how, uh, in these times, like mental health, it's gone yeah. nuts. Like everyone's got it. As in, like in a everyone's is bad or everyone's is well, really good. Well, no, like just everyone's a, everyone's much. obsessed with the old mental mm. health. Um, and they isn't just, he a psychiatrist? He he is, and and he's very keen for us to know this because the next page is filled with uh, kind of Kleinian levels of boring detail mm. about what's going on here. It's is it very similar to the thing you said about uh, what Don DeLillo is doing? No, like- no. In fact, it's the exact opposite. Um, it's it is in fact the it, like exact same thing as the putting in brackets who the characters are because oh. what he does is he says uh, he says such things as the methods of assessment were based on traditional cognitive psychology. For example, negative early maladapt- maladaptive schemata brackets, mm. e.g., abandonment, enmeshment oh, yeah, with yeah. parents that's closed brackets, conditional and unconditional dysfunctional attitudes, brackets, e.g. I am a failure if I don't succeed. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. so he's explaining it all. Is that literature then that. when you just That is like literature. That. That's that's um, how you create art. Okay, that's yeah. good to know. So well, right, what you know. He says, um, then there's, but listen, listen, if you didn't like that, then there's a bit of, there's a bit of fun kind of foul, foul wordplay coming up here okay. where he talks about another aspect of the thing that he says, this was a scheme brackets or scam. If you look at it a different <laughs> way. Is it S-C-H-A-M? No. I'd love it if he'd committed to that <laughs> with, with chucking the eight. His grammar that. is so appalling. I I wouldn't <clears throat> be surprised if he, he mm. had done that. There's lots of kind of like unfinished sentences. And there's also stuff here where he kind of forgets whether he's writing like in adjectival or noun or phrases. So he oh, says cool. it was it was pseudoscientific, comma, clairvoyance, comma, and pre-crime science fiction. Hmm. That's hard to pass. Yeah. But that's what it's like in Gulag Caledonia. That's it's it. hard to pass. That's it. Um, it's a world where words themselves have lost their meaning and kind of essential sentence type. It that, exactly that because of the woke. And left. if you're well, they've they've destroyed language. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things they've done. That's what they're trying to do with pronouns, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And he says, "You God, another of the massive fears here um, coming through." That basically what's happening is everyone is constantly being assessed. And if you're unemployed, then you're being assessed even more. Um, And that this, it basically functions as a, as like a social and and mental credit score. Like they, like they have in the China. Yes, exactly. Like that one that we all know is definitely true about how China works. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, It would be terrible to imagine a world where people who are out of work get harassed by the state. Like, yeah, I, that is a real gulag Caledonia. That, that would be terrible. Um, and, you know, as if like that, then the, the amount of money that you get is kind of like based, based on, on, on these sort of strange that feel arbitrary or, or sometimes just sort of designed to frustrate and, and make you ultimately sort of despair and, and maybe kill yourself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That'd be um, uh, what, how would you describe that sort of world? Dystopian, I think, is the word that comes yeah. to mind. Any, any other words? Wow, um, that's funny because he says here it was, as they say, a truly dystopian Orwellian nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> two for two, baby. 
<laughs> I hate your, um, you're blowing away smoke from the end of your guns like a bug's bunny cartoon. My woke guns. Yeah. Um, you shouldn't be allowed to describe things as like there's a weird sort of <laughs> metatextuality that is yeah. usually quite interesting, but I think really sucks if the only referent for the kind of book you're writing is. Oh, well, just remember what Orwell was like, and yeah. it's that. I'm afraid that you're not going to like uh, this whole chapter. Um, oh, damn. So then there's an amazing bit here that I highlighted only because it's proper um, creepy pasta vibes. You know okay. how we said that one of the, one of the sort of like um, touchstones of all creepy pastas is Licking. irrelevant bits of detail that they think makes it like a real story. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, here it says that so he had accumulated enough nicotine vapor and took a shower dressed quickly drank a quick cup of coffee before leaving his sixth floor apartment mm, <laughs> great his sixth floor apartment that will yeah. come in handy later but it makes you feel like you're there doesn't it with the yeah, nicotine and the, exactly the repeated uses of the word quick then there's too. some more dystopian hell here um his block in the middle of six miles of similar blocks housed a mixture of multicultural peoples and oh, families no, I'd hate to live as, in as well as many single people all educated uh poor block. with with little hope of ever moving out of the block or escaping the uber surveillance of digitized uh, universal basic income wow. which he's then in brackets is doobie doobie yeah <laughs> no it's not it is yeah 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 doobie. Doobie. Um, yeah well well sorry and i haven't got to the worst bit of all yet um because like that's where you where you live and you have to like yeah, obviously yeah. you have to pay your rent to live there and then it says imagine god sorry i just i needed a second to get ready for content this. warning if one was unemployed the state would contribute to the cost <laughs> fuck that yeah and Not then on my watch and then imagine like god imagine this sort of hellscape if you worked rent would be extortionate enough to make life barely livable <sighs> God, yeah, that would suck. Thankfully, would this really is the suck. thankfully this is the distant future. <laughs> is it? I can't tell what he's doing though. Like, is he being ironic? Because some of those things are, some of them are. You can chalk up to him just being a stupid idiot who doesn't understand how mm. the world actually is. But some of them, like, no one is out there thinking that it's it's a great time for renters. Like, even the David Campbell, <laughs> whatever his actual author the name, Bruce is. Scotts of the yeah. world. Yeah. So, so incredibly Scottishly interchangeable names. Yeah, exactly. They? They're just like I keep the four think, I keep thinking I keep thinking one of them is Dr. Bruce Campbell. Like I, <laughs> more than once I've typed that into Google. But like he even through the warped lens of whatever his bizarre ideology is, like he must know that some of these things are the case now. So what is No, he- no, no. So so unfortunately, he his belief it's very it is the proper like god wouldn't this be terrible about things that are already happening but mm. like what if they were happening to me um oh, is because if they happen to him then that's communism uh, um, okay and and because that, that's not far away from how we live now really we live in miles and miles of yep. blocks um yep. we can't afford there's anything. multicultural people there's multicultural people yeah the, the only thing we don't have is, is a universal basic income. A doobie. Yeah, I'm yeah, always we... looking out. I'm, I keep emailing government at gmail.com. <laughs> Subject line doobie, question mark. <laughs> Dear Mr. Sunak, please. please. Um, yeah, it's, it, it is honestly like every single thing here is like that he describes as terrible is just something that would be really good if we it's, had it. And it's very and, similar to political cartoon thing, right, that we were just yeah. looking at before that starts where you can 
like the satire element of political cartoons and this is so scattered like and so stochastic and so ultimately not there at all because it ain't satire yeah. and it ain't clever no, or no, good that you can like all of these things that he's fitting in these sort of appearances of his dystopia like they some of them might be things he thinks are here now that he's saying like oh let's look at them in a new light some of them are things he thinks might exist in the future some of them are like speculative to the nth degree but he never has to explain what his actual viewpoint is because no. if you were to ask him he's just like why well, satire like yeah you know, it's just take well, from what you will here's here's some of his um viewpoints i, I was scouring through his twitter to see what he's been up to and what he's been thinking about lately mm-hmm. um are you so, guys in touch on twitter at all no no not yet although you i am, th- to I am thinking apps. of emailing him to ask like legitimately what does he think um, yeah <laughs> and actually what i wanted to ask is how how uh similar are he and and david campbell really mm. because um my feeling is that it's a one-to-one yeah um, he did a big control f find replace bruce scott yeah. david campbell job before sending it off to the self-publishers yeah so just a few <laughs> just a few in fact yesterday um there was a story about in in chile uh, a fisherman caught a huge five meter fish, which oh, well is considered done. a harbinger of disaster. Oh, bad luck! A captured oarfish usually lives at a depth of one thousand meters and only rises to the surface due to the movement of tectonic plates, bad news. storms, currents, or illness, or wokeness. And then he retweeted someone who had quote tweeted this, saying, "So this happened a few days ago, and then Chile had a six point four earthquake yesterday. Nature is weird and wonderful, Greenheart." Mm. That's so true. Like, well, it's not weird and wonderful, is it? Because they did say that one of the things that caused it to come up to the surface is the movement of tectonic plates. That is weird, though, fish. Uh, that it's, is strange. It doesn't even have to breathe air. Um, he's done a, um, what's the, he's done a, he shared a they live meme um, wow. that was decrying the, the, you must have seen it all over the news. I've just sent it to you in the little chat to have a look at, oh, yeah. um, of the difference in the, the old weather graph and now oh, the weather yeah. graph. Um, so that's very good. Um, yeah, because we're fear mongering about climate change is the idea, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. Because there is no climate change, and I remember every other year when we've had forty degree. He's been sharing lots London. of stuff um, about how the nineteen seventy six heat wave was like much worse, and like mm, you know, definitely that. Tr- he in fact, some truth. He in fact called it nineteen eighty four bullshit. Um, so he referred to 1976 as 1984 bullshit. Yeah. Very cool. Which is very good. So so those are some of the things that he sort of seemingly does believe. Well, he's got his finger in the pies of every hot button issue yeah. under the sun. Then tell, tell me what you think about this. So he gets to the to the DWW um, yeah. and he gets off the, the bus. Um, oh, not a bus. Yeah, not a fucking no. communist oh, bus. Where's, yes. his, where's his 4 by 4 uh, oh no! Sorry, sorry. No, he's not. He's, this is this is him getting to the bus stop. My apologies. Okay, okay. Um, it was uh, shiver. He was shivering on this dark, dank morning. Mm, um, there were other there were other people waiting with him. Two children of primary school age, um, with their very fat, harassed mother, who was lecturing the children in an Asian language David could not recognize. An old man with a bandaged hand who was engrossed in his phone, and a very pretty young woman dressed in an extremely short leather skirt, reeking of perfume, and her face caked in makeup. What a rag bag of people! <laughs> what a rag now, bag. Now it's interesting because I've he doesn't because he doesn't even he doesn't even attribute that to David. 
that's just its own that's sentence. Just, what a bag, bag that's an of author's people. note. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> that's just he's taking the, the earnest, put the footnote in the text kind of vibe. Yeah, that's um, a, again, that's the same thing where like it's like the level of it's it's really confusing, and I don't think there's a good way of explaining it. But it's a lot like what I just said about that jam jar in the political cartoon. Like for those who weren't me or Declan before the show, we looked at a political cartoon, um, which is my least favorite medium on God's earth. Yeah, we weren't looking and at it because we're like, we share them because we no, love no, them. We like, fucking we, hate them yeah. and they suck. And everyone who does them would be better off dead. Um, the In this political cartoon, which, which was about nothing, there was Rishi Sunak, who is the chancellor, um, was holding a jam jar that says tax cuts. And I made the point that you could drop that into any political cartoon that has ever been created this jam jar and it would have no more or less meaning in any case and it's the same thing here like what what do we, we it's up to us as the reader to interpret what he thinks he means by saying that there's a fat asian woman yeah. or that there's a hot girl who's ruining her looks by wearing s- slutty skirt and having too much makeup well, these days hang, hang on a minute isaac he never said slutty no, no, that's true. That's true. It's just it's sort of there between the lines. So, so vividly between the lines that it's sort of pushing the lines apart. Yeah. It's uh, the, and replacing it. Yeah. But well, like their the whole, the whole um, like point of a lot of that kind of like alt-right rhetoric and the fact that they hide behind this idea of like irony and, and it's a joke and all of this is, is this kind of, they think that there's this idea of plausible deniability that, mm. that comes from them not using explicit words as if like implication is, is something exist. that doesn't exist and can't um, be observed no uh, or or in any way objectively commented upon um, and they can always hide behind it which i feel like there's are. also there has to be like a consensus about what the signifiers are like you know pepe everyone got on board with the idea that we're going to use this as a fun way of uh, yeah. propagating this particular idea but with so many of the things that he's talking about there is no given like our interpretation of what it's like to live in a big housing estate that is multicultural is it's not a given that we're going to be like, Oh, fuck that. <laughs> like there has to be some, some language that exists where he, cause otherwise he could just say anything and then wink and the readers are, like, Oh, that must be bad. That must be bad. Yeah. He'd be like, and she was eating a sandwich brown bread it was and you're like, oh not that <laughs> fuck that not the Whole woke, meal. not the woke brown not bread the, the, the woke granary like we used to be able to have have bread with lead in it that was nice <laughs> and white it was all crust back when i were a boy <laughs> <laughs> but like it's just it's so weak because there is nothing at the core of it like it's all yeah. just it's all just pretending that behind the curtain is really what i believe but then you look behind the curtain there's nothing because he doesn't have a coherent stance there is no, no ideology no, no, no. it's just motivated by a vague sense that these are all bad things in mm. in unconnected ways yeah well and it and again like i think it's i think part of it this is a refusal by people who are like very generally on uh on the right but specifically on that kind of like angry right mm. um who um can't they're not capable of coming to terms with the fact that the system they support is the one that's making all of these problems that they hate. Uh Um, So they have to invent some kind of uh, like antagonist that is behind it. And like, sometimes this reaches the conspiracy theory levels of like, Oh, it's the Jews who are Mm. running all of this. It's the Illuminati. And sometimes it comes down to 
other madder things like well it's trans people like trans yeah. people are the reason that my rent is so high and trans people are the reason that the our energy bills are going up because you know of all of this kind of like woke language that we've got to do like it's just making the world like a, a madman's yeah place. it's like they and just so, sort of point to it as a symptom but i can never explain how, no exactly in what way it mechanistically relates and and, and it's because if you if you dare to sort of say to these people like do you not think that it's maybe just like all the people who are kind of actually just in charge and are like quite openly in charge um, just sort of wanted it to be like that. Like <sighs> I, I was talking to, cause there was a, a girl at school who I say a girl at school, it's someone who works there, <laughs> but oh, yeah. like who was making some point about, you know, she was like, Oh, I know, you know, COVID is real, but like, look at all of the stuff that's like happened in terms of, you know, all the, all the changes and all the laws and all of this, like that, like something, something's going on there. And I was like, yeah, but like, <laughs> that's just people taking advantage of this situation. Like, there's no grand narrative. It's just mm-hmm. like, you know, like, for instance, the British government saw saw what was happening and went, oh, cool, like, we can introduce some more police powers, like, and we've got a reason to do that here. And we just maybe won't take them away again. Like, that's fine. Like, but you, it can't ever be as simple as just someone cynically kind of going, oh, oh, hang on, here's a, here's another, like, hole we can plug in yeah. people's freedoms it, it has to be that you know because otherwise you have to accept that well, maybe maybe, maybe the people maybe, just maybe we've, made a bad choice maybe we've set this shit up wrong and and the yeah. alternatives would be good um and that like, like that is again because we, we are literally after this he blames it on he says this was a life with an erased past doesn't mean anything but he says social justice warriors from the sexual revolution in the 1960s up to the early 21st century had destroyed the remaining remnants of western culture christian heritage and traditional values including the positive notions of the family marriage and the cherishing of children oh, this no was the communist dystopia that the great Russian author Alexander Solzhenitsyn had warned would come to the West. <laughs> I love, I like, forgot that this is the only he book he's read. He cannot, <laughs> he can't see anything past it. Um, so like, yeah, again, like it's like, well, if it's bad, it's then it's communism. Yeah. No, that does track. That does track. Marx yeah. hates kids. Always was uh, saying so. Uh, yeah. Marx said, uh, don't have a mum and a dad have two months <laughs> famously yeah <laughs> there's chapters upon chapters of it um so then he goes on a little rant here about um you know what's happened to david um and it, you you'll never guess well why do you think david was so hated why do you think david has ended he up here? probably didn't subscribe to the woke ideology in some form right did he like <sighs> did he stand up to crazy new bathroom rules or well something? it's it's worse than that he's uh he's a white cis male oh uh, well i mean that the problem is I was right, but I was wrong in the sense that his whole existence is an affront to the exactly. white. Exactly, exactly. Because fact, of white genocide. Exactly. Um, so worse than all of this, he was a white heterosexual male who identified oh, no. as a biological male. This hateful narrative towards the white cis male was gradually introduced during the late 20th century and became common day parlance amongst the social justice warriors and mainstream media in the <laughs> what, early in what 20th, way would it? 21st century. How are you? Fuck whites. <laughs> <laughs> um, then apparently um, he talks about universities decolonizing their curriculums, which oh, apparently man. entail getting rid of any white male authors from reading lists. It's um, very funny that like... To, to directly use the term decolonize like as the thing you're against means that you are tacitly in favor you of are pro-colonizing yeah. <laughs> yeah like it's a mad thing to hyper colonizing like, yeah. <laughs> i think more of that actually yeah <laughs> um 
that those the great works of literature from people such as Plato, Shakespeare, Dante, Montaigne, Kierkegaard, etc. Mm. They were all consigned or to, famously all straight. That, yeah, they were they were consigned to room one oh one of banned texts. Fuck. Yeah. That's a that's a reference, isn't it, room one oh one? And then imagine this what it's a reference to the T V show. Farm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, um, Where the, the pigs were kept. That universities operated on a system of positive discrimination, whereby, imagine this, they would actively hire females, black and ethnic minorities, and LGBTQI plus people for jobs. They would actively do that. That's mad. Previously, they had to sneak in. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, it was basically um, what happened is all of this became more and more of the, the sort of status quo. Yeah. I still have a few questions as to how it became a big, a big miles long. Yeah, just, just you know, like just, just. I guess that yeah, would naturally happen. Just that's just the drip, drip of authoritarianism, mm. isn't it? I guess. Um, yeah. And apparently, you know, like men's rights groups were sort of saying, "Oh, you know, that we're we're being dealt an unfair hand here," oh, yeah. and they were getting you know more and more hated oh, for this. That's, um, men's rights groups. That's sad. So then, counterterrorism operations were defined and redefined to create categories of hate crimes. Um, mm. And, of course, hate was defined as anything that contradicted the cultural Marxist narrative. Okay. And does he explain, is there a footnote? It says, just or, to outline what that is. It says, or attempt to bolster traditional ideas of marriage, family, or child-rearing, brackets, by two biological parents. Child-rearing is a horrible phrase. They're not really little animals, are they? That's Again, they are. only ever used by these sorts of freaks. Yeah. Um, no, it's interesting. It's interesting that apparently that, part the marriage and family part is the only part that isn't culturally marxist because it mm. has to be mentioned separately like because a, a page ago marx hated all this um yeah, yeah. but there you go well, he so, was confusing wasn't he so basically david um he was a a promising postdoctoral researcher at st andrews university <laughs> and his topic of research was, was, was political activist groups. God, I love how when the line there's, between fiction and reality just becomes a, a little tiny membrane. There's, there's an email that David receives later that I'm 100% certain Has is, he crossed copy, off is copy pasted. His name from it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after a promising PhD researching the Occupy movement and its offshoots, Extinction Rebellion, brackets, climate activists, and Antifa, brackets, anti-fascists, the early 21st century movements which essentially helped the world governments usher in digital technocratic totalitarianism mm. which is what they're looking for isn't it that's their main goal yeah that's what antifa is always on about yeah. uh, you know that that big organization antifa yeah huge well, and well-funded what, what they're doing is they're that they, you know it's like punch punch racists and which is probably everyone, just which is probably just anyone they disagree with yeah, and yeah, uh and yeah, and just everyone give your eye scans over to the government. And you can't even run them over in your big car anymore. Yeah. Fuck. So so he basically, he um, he infiltrated one of these groups um, and he made them... Uh, it's quite unclear, really, what... what it's because his, he what legally the, can't what say point, what he made them do. Yeah, what the point was. But basically, it was like he he sort of infiltrated and made his way to the top and then tried to see if he could make them fall apart. Um, wow. He was doing. That's sort of, a weird he was sort of doing. He was sort of doing Cointel Pro stuff, mm. um, but by you know he sort of like made women share uh, men as sexual playthings. And how uh, did he cho- make them do that? Doesn't say. It just says children okay. were shared among several caregivers. 
Oh, uh, gender neutrality became commonplace, both in appearance and in roles. Uh, and inevitably, the camera was like expanded. It was not sustainable existence to live in tents in a city centre. Well, no, he, well, he actively did. Like, that was the whole right. uh, point of his So research, he's getting mad at the thing that he did. Which feels kind of like, I, I thought that one of the more fundamental aspects of research is that you you observe rather than... Yeah, usually when people do like an ethnographic study, they don't go and just say like, oh, I wonder what it'd be like if if we introduced pinball. Right, I'm in charge. (laughs) You fuck him, you fuck her. Mad. David's uh, uncomfortable conclusions were not welcomed by academia in the wider world. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it was completely bankrupt of any, <laughs> any academic legitimacy. Yeah. It sounds like he was just fiddling with all the data. So, um, and, then he, and then he goes on about, oh, indeed things moved into a desperate places when researchers started blaming fatigue or general malaise on late stage capitalism, a lazy and unverifiable hypothesis which <laughs> fed into a childish desire for self-entitlement, narcissism, nihilism, and even more hysterical demands to the state. I mean, wow. even more hysterical demands. They they then introduced the doobie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so, yeah, the state licked its lips in glee in the great scare quotes pandemic of 2020 the world governments <laughs> used demands of climate activism and other kinds of hysterically fed activism to usher in political overreach to keep people scare quotes safe and to scare quotes hmm. save the world david came unstuck so to speak when researching anarcho-communist activists uh, sorry activist groups in glasgow he discovered a virulent toxic feminist totalitarian hierarchy whereby men were outlawed from speaking having an opinion or having men only groups to discuss issues. Wow. Um, I know it was terrible. And then, and then here's an interesting uh, twist here because his new big concern is that many of the men found themselves on the verge of, or having or experiencing mental breakdowns through the guilt and shame they were burdened with. For many, the worst punishment was expulsion from their uh, respective activist groups. Many men committed suicide as a result. Now I thought a second ago that we'd all gone mental health crazy. Yeah, I guess I guess we had, but it's these brave men who mm. they're the they're the real mental health. So it turns out that like his uh, his his um, professor, his supervisor, um, oh. sort of like started backing away from his stuff. Oh, her, no, her name, coward. by the way, um, Professor Karen Horton Smith. Horton Whoa. spelled W H O R T O N. For real? Yeah. yeah That's yeah, really, yeah. really good. And then one day while he's on holiday, this was on the 15th of October 2041. That's he, good to know. He got an email. Um, it, uh, it's an amazing thing to imagine that, like, he just thinks that this is how everything will still be done in 2041. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying that email won't exist then, but it's just very funny that, like, he's, he's really sure about it. Yeah. So, dear Dr. Campbell. We are writing to you as it's come to the attention of the university that you broke your terms of employment as set out in 2.1 of the terms of your postdoctoral tenure within the university, namely that you have engaged in hate speech, which has been of a misogynistic and transphobic nature. Now, I, this is the bit that I'm saying is lifted directly. <laughs> we're, we're saying could be. Yeah. Yeah. Could. Conceivably. Yeah. It's very believable. It's so believable that I believe it. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is not in keeping with the university's ethos of inclusion and diversity. Further, your views have been extremely offensive to your supervisor and other work colleagues within the Department of Political Anthropology in the School of Social Sciences. Um, so then it turns out Horton Smith has written to the people who fund the postdoctoral programs. They've 
um, ceased all its funding, uh, no further salary payments. And then, get this, guess what's happened? The contents of his office have been searched for offending materials. Anything Uh-oh. anything relevant will be passed on to Police Scotland hate speech department. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it's like, don't don't bother coming back. Um, bye-bye. That's harsh, isn't it? That would drive anyone, anyone to, to distraction. distraction. Yeah. Um, so his name went on a blacklist. Um, in fact, it says his name went on black space lists um, among all. <laughs> that just means yeah. <laughs> among all universities. Bracket several global lists which highlighted his scare quotes crimes. Mm. Um, so then, um, then we we're sort of like coming back to the present day. It says this was that was nine years ago. David was now thirty-eight years old on digital b- universal basic income and now offer his mental health assessment at the Department of Work and Wellbeing. Like, it's just proper... Just to remind us. Yeah, just in case you'd forgot. Um, and then, <laughs> you'll, you'll never guess this other completely organic tragedy that he's managed to weave into the character of Dr. David Campbell, being that the worst part was, due to the social credit scoring system, his wife felt coerced yeah. and forced to separate yeah. from him for the sake of Did their two the children, yeah. two boys <laughs> aged four and seven. Very good. Yeah. Oh, dear. That's very good. Yeah. That, it's probably only a coincidence that in the like one of the forewords, he sort of like mentioned having two two boys yeah uh, yeah it would you know it could, could be just crazy. it's our imitating life yeah but accidentally i should oh uh, yeah 100 percent. yeah um so and then here this this was another one of those super telling sentences um where it's like oh yeah imagine mm-hmm. um it said the bullies had taken over society when bullies take over a society, there is no justice and there's nobody one can turn to for help for the people who are meant to help them are the bullies <sighs> Fuck. You wouldn't want to live in a world like that, that would, would you? That would be terrible. Um, then there's a great sentence. Every grey, miserable face on this veritable meat truck taking them Ugh. into the city centre for their menial, meaningless jobs told a story. Full stop. Stories. share what they are? Stories that would never be told and never <laughs> be heard. <laughs> Just in case you were looking forward to hearing them. It's, this, this isn't no fucking Canterbury Tales fucking no, 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 boss, no. boss chat shit. <laughs> I don't care what Fat Mary's. We're here to, to hear about Dr. David Campbell and, and Dr. No David else. Campbell only. That's really funny. The landscape was of a non-changing, gray, homogenous, grey, bleak, infinite oh, landscape was. portrait. Um, <laughs> the landscape was of a landscape. Yeah, exactly. Portrait. That's so landscape stupid. portrait is an oxymoron. <laughs> That's really fucking good. What an idiot. That's so. <sighs> Very stupid. <laughs> the, the landscape was like a picture of the landscape. <laughs> but crucially, one that was orientated <laughs> both in ways at once. configuration. <laughs> it's um, spinning around. So then then he d- goes on describing all of these like tenement blocks again. Um, mm. And it's like... What colour are they? And it, again, <laughs> the thing that I find is that it's just like, the, these sound really good and convenient, right? Uh-huh. So situated on the ground floor of these blocks were mini supermarkets. Open for 24 hours where you could buy anything from drugs, alcohol, phones, food, widescreen televisions. They love to mention the widescreen TVs, don't they? That's so Uh, That's so 90s. That's like throwback. That's proper like benefit cheat uh, kind of days. There was, of course, the enormous variety of fast food restaurants and takeaways selling the latest artificial protein-based and insect-based protein foodstuffs, as well as artificial processed vegan varieties. 
Yes, um, representation. Interspersed, interspersed along the routes were bars, nightclubs, erotica shops where you could buy all manner of sex toys, sex dolls, and pornography. One could also buy in, a, in a, every tower block. They one, have an erotic yeah, shop. One could also <laughs> buy a plethora of drugs to enhance sexual enjoyment and stimulation. For the gender fetishist, one could purchase cross-sex hormones if one fancied becoming the other gender. One could pop some inexpensive estrogen or testosterone. Like it's polyjuice. Polyjuice. Yeah, exactly. It's just for a second. Chest binders and. And chest binders and castration devices could be bought for very little. (laughs) The bars and nightclubs along these vast expanses of social, cultural, and community obliteration were were places where time could be wallowed away in a haze of booze and pills. Wow. Sex had become a hobby. (laughs) (laughs) Rather than something one schedules in three months in advance for the sole purpose of procreation with my wife, who doesn't like me much. (laughs) Sexual liberation had certainly reached its zenith. Um, To hook up with someone had become nothing more uncommon than ordering a takeaway or food delivery from a supermarket. Well, that sounds really easy if they're in every building. Yeah. Um, People just... And then, again, again, just such a huge, like... What do you think? Like, what do you think when you look at the world around you? People just existed, existed for the state to feed off, for their labor, for their data to control them further. Oh, <laughs> that'd be bad. 2050, everyone. Um, it was, as Aldous Huxley described in Brave New World <laughs> Revisited, <laughs> as if these vices and passions of the people were fed by the Soma. To keep people in chains, he says, and this is, this is the most ironic of them all, mm-hmm. is one way of controlling people, but it's not very efficient as people can rebel. But when people willingly put on their own chains, then that is a whole different ballpark. It's like, my so my true. brother in Christ, you have put on the chains. <laughs> of your imagination. The populace becomes as docile as a kitten as it exists in a hypnotized state towards their own enslavement, a meaningless life, and their inevitable death. Wow. Yeah, I mean, death would be inevitable either way, but sure. Yeah. I guess we can pretend that's scarier in this case. And thus ends chapter one. It'd be terrible to die having lived in a really nice tower block with lots of amenities. With all my um, uh, vegan-based sodomy funded by the doobie. (laughs) (laughs) One of the the crazy government schemes. (laughs) You thought Eat Out to Help Out was bad. Well, 2050 won up to. I, I was I was just waiting for my fucking monthly doobie so that I could go out and <laughs> get myself a couple of fucking. castration devices <laughs> just in case the first one didn't take. Oh, wow. Doing a saw trap to myself. Yeah. Doing a gender saw trap <laughs> to myself. Amazing. Well, thanks yeah. so much, Dr. David Campbell. Um, yeah, Dr. Bruce Scott. Whichever. So, yeah. <laughs> for your contribution to the show. Now back all the way back to Shermer High School. Now this is a John Hughes kind of place. Maybe I should start from the beginning of the chapter just so that we... No, 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 please. Ducky's been decapitated. Ducky's decapitated. Arthur's won't explain. And she's recasting the foul. They run past uh, Bender's locker from the Breakfast Club which has an axe I thought, that comes he meant, down. thought he meant from Futurama. From, yeah, yeah. I couldn't. Every time they said his name was Bender in the movie, I went on a sort of 30-second Futurama um, reverie in my head. Um, blah, blah, blah. They just describe that when you open his locker, an axe, uh, like guillotine comes down. She gets from his locker a big bag of right. mar- um, the content-warning drugs, marijuana, oh. the drug marijuana weed. Um and 
I don't know. I'd never pegged Artie as a, as a druggie. So I guess this bit hit me quite hard because it's, it's sad to know that she even is aware of what it is. You know, I thought she was better than that. Um, We've got the magic herb and the magic slippers, Artemis said. Now it's time for us to hit the city, baby. Dead on. We have some drinks, a little nightlife, some dancing. Let's go. And she just fucking runs off again. Okay. I don't know if that's a quote from anything because uncharacteristically, uh, it's not explained. Not I don't know if she's just lost her mind. Um, once we made it outside, Art Thrumis took us on a shortcut across the football field. And as we walked past one of Art- the goalposts, we triggered another needle oh, drop. Oh on the simulation soundtrack. It happened to be one of H's all-time least favourite songs. Don't you, brackets, forget about me, my simple minds. And she's getting annoyed about it, and she does the arm up, like, fake punch in the sky. Um, Imagine, and then now it would be much cooler here if she freeze-framed in the sky and, like, couldn't move. Like, at the end of the, like, (laughs) screaming silently. And her skin lines. Yeah. Uh, Like in the movie. Um... H gets a call from her fiance Indira, who's freaking out, and also it's revealed for the first time is just sort of standing outside the immersion coffin vault that H is in, like calling her from the in- from from there, right? Just sort of staring at this, which is quite a horrible image that he doesn't seem to realise is yeah. interesting because he explains it in one sentence. Oh, I see, yeah. Um, and all of this, don't go thinking we're going to learn anything about their relationship, um, or that no, it's going to develop no. the characters, I because actually the only reason that this call happens is to set up that Shoto remembers, Oh, I should talk to Kiki, presumably his partner as well. So that Artemis says, well, it won't take all four of us to collect the shard. How about you and I Wade keep moving and we'll give them Uh, some time with their ladies. The prospect of being alone with Artemis for the first time in years rendered me momentarily (laughs) speechless. After a few seconds of awkward silence, I finally blurted out a response sure I he said, starts openly jacking it before remembering he no <laughs> that's longer a great idea of anorak and <laughs> everyone thought- can just see him <laughs> very thoughtful of you um okay z let's go snag this thing and then she's sprinting off to part of the like a different part of the neighborhood it's like the rich kid upscale neighborhood mm-hmm. expensive homes she's pointing at all of the houses and saying parents in europe parents in europe all the rich kids parents are in europe which i thought was gently amusing um the first house they pass, this is one of your favourites. This will give you a, what they call a fangasm. It's the one from Some Kind of Wonderful, belonging to Craig Schaefer's oh, character, Hardy Gems. I was hoping it would get a mention. Mary Stuart Masterson, Eric Stoltz, Leah Thompson. You don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> I won't. Um, a few seconds later, they bump into Duncan, brackets, Elias Cotius, who jumps out with a whole gang of mean-looking hoods. dunks. Yeah. That party is about to become a historical fact, Artemis said. Uh, that made me laugh out loud. Blah, blah, blah. They keep on running. This bit, I don't understand, but I haven't seen the film, so I guess I wouldn't. But it just sounds really like off-kilter for the rest of the films. A half-naked girl shoots up out of a chimney, <laughs> like reverse Santa, <laughs> and lands in a small pond. And then she's like, here we go. Like, this happens all the time. And she's like, okay, I'm going to go and look for two NPCs from Weird Science. Uh, hang on, I'll be right back. And so she draws guns and runs. I don't know where she's got these weapons. Runs into the house and Wade from the outside hears like gunfire and a grenade right. going off. And then Artemis just comes back and is like, they're not in there. <laughs> and oh. so she, she reveals they're looking for these two people called Max and Ian who party hop. They go to different places. 
The two assholes who dump an icy on Gary and Wyatt in Weird Science, why do we need them? So we can get the third shard, Z, she replied, in the tone of someone explaining something obvious to a very small child. Just trust me, okay? That'll save us a lot of time. She's used this excuse about four times at this point, and it ain't saving anyone any time. Um, She points to another house and is like, oh, there's all horny teenagers on the lawn and beer cans and pizza and there's music. Who lives there, I asked? Jake Ryan, she said. (sighs) If you spot Ian or Max, I need you to restrain both of them and then call me. If I spot them at Stubbies, I'll do the same. No. Okie dokie, Ogie doggy. Oggy doggy, maybe. I grinned and replied. <laughs> Okie dokie, oh. doggy daddy. <laughs> what? I don't know. No. It must be from a film. No. Artemis took off, sprinting to towards Stubby's house. I refuse to believe the MPAA ever allowed <laughs> that to be released. I stared after her. Then I took a deep breath and ran in the opposite direction toward jake ryan's house boom and i think you'll agree what an what an incredible no he doesn't leave it there daddy doggy's off to stubby's while Oggy doggy's off to jakey's (laughs) it's the fucking night it's what we all dreamed oh god the tension i know it's it's rattled me straight to my big palpable um so there we leave it until next time that we come back to this big podcast of big bad books i think the theme for this one would be prevaricating um yeah and i guess you know a cynic would say well the reason that they they never explain the puzzle until it's solved is that there is no satisfying solution and it relies on an impossible set of logical leaps and guesses yeah um that defy even the most cursory explanation yeah uh and and that would be very transparent to a reader they require you to assume that the clues are wrong True. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but that's just what a cynic would say. I myself, I think it's a, it's the greatest story ever told. Yeah. And I want to put that on record. Um, speaking of greatest stories ever told, well, it's tenuous, but I'd like you to tell the story of where people can engage with the Shame City gang outside of this great big business we call show. So, um, well, starting up again in, in, in a, a fiery fashion this week, oh, yeah. Um, will be our our streamage oh, huge. over at twitch.tv slash shamecity or shame.city slash twitch mm. um, where they're normally about Monday through Thursday about 9pm. It is very hot isn't hours. it? That's, you yeah, know, it's, it's hard been, to turn the computer on when it's this hot. It's been very warm um, but there'll be some stuff happening mm-hmm. um, and also you can find us over on Twitter so for this show we have at Big Bad Books but for general stuff We've got at Shame City Gang. You can yeah. join the Discord where there's all that's manner the of one. stuff happening. Um, that's over at uh, shame.city slash Discord. Uh, and if you feel for whatever reason, maybe it's heat stroke, mm-hmm. um, like um, donating to to fund some of this this horse shit, um, then you can go to patreon.com slash shame city. Where say. even though you you haven't, you know, recently your donation hasn't been funding a lot of a lot of new content. You are paying for a back catalogue of 80-something episodes that you get instantly. So even if, you know, as always happens every summer invariably, the good ship shame takes a little break um, and starts wobbling in the heat as it sails around, you know, some of the warmer climbs. Um, don't worry, we've got you. There's huge amounts of back catalogue. There's hundreds, including hundreds of episodes. Including, as you mentioned, Nerd Porn Hotel. Yeah, exactly. So you'd wanna, you'll want to know what that's all about, won't you? Yeah, oh, I would. Probably. So that's patreon.com slash shame city. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's all we should hopefully be back for a, that's a shame next week 
we've got our Patreon exclusive podcast cups that we're going to record soon. Um, and yeah, until until two weeks or so, I've been Isaac. You've been. I've been Declan. See you in the gulag. Bye, guys. Bye.